This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So do y'all remember the NBA draft? RJ Barry came out with that with that pink suit looking fresh. Um, or any formal wear that he wears for like tunnel walks or any other ev- events like that. These are all Indochino suits and blazers. So Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. RJ Barrett's brand new collection with Indochino just dropped. Featuring limited edition fabrics and jacket linings RJ helped pick out and design. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code Blue Wire for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. Incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Blue Wire. Young Gunner. Right elevates to three. And hits. Man, he looks good, doesn't he? What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Ant Wright. I am your host for Michigan State of Mind. Shout out to Blue Wire, bro. Shout out to Blue Wire. Today's episode is being brought to you by Indochino, Harry's Razors, and Roman. So Michigan is 2-0 right now. Um, they had a... They had a close one versus App State, and then they came out against Creighton. I was I was kind of concerned about Creighton. Uh, I was concerned because Creighton can really score the balls. One, two, uh, Michigan had really bad scoring lulls, especially against um, especially against both App State and Saginaw Valley. Against Saginaw Valley, they had it down to. Like, they were beating them by, like, 12, 13 points, 15 points. They went on a scoring lull, didn't score. Saginaw Valley ends up closing to, like, three or four points. Appalachian State was a different story. Michigan was busting their tail up by 30 points with 11.51 left in the game. App State cut the lead to four points with about a minute left. Um... I'm not going to say I was scared, but I'm like, yo, <laughs> this cannot happen right now, dude. No way. No way. But um, but going into the uh, Creighton game, I think we matched up very, very well. 
which is always a positive. Um, but the scoring, the scoring lows, the scoring lows, that was that was by far the biggest concern. And they not only did not have a scoring low, they shot the lights out. Like they were like. 57% from the field, 40-some percent from three. They were lights out throughout the entire game. Like, not not, not at one point was there, like, a legit lull. They were very solid all the way through. Livers played well. Teske played well inside out. Simpson played very, very well. He had a lot of turnovers last game. I think the coaches got on him afterwards. He played very, very well. Um... Guys, guys were just were just ready to hoop. Um, they were out rebounded a little bit though. Um, they played smaller than what they have in the past couple games. They played livers primarily at the four, pretty much the entire game. Um, and they were also out rebounded because guys were really stretched out. I mean. Michigan had to guard some really good shooters. Creighton had, you know, two or three guys at all times who could strap from three. Like, very good shooters. Like, very, very, very good shooters. So, we were already pretty much spaced out, so it was really hard for all five guys to rebound. And they're really and they're really good at getting the offensive board and kicking it out to uh, um, shooters. But... Outside of that, I mean, Michigan played pretty much a perfect game. Coming into that game, coming into, into that game, uh, I had mentioned that Creighton scored under 70 points, under 70 points 27 times since like 2015. They've lost 23 of those. So I pretty much said, you know, play a little bit slower in this game. Keep them under 70. You probably win. Michigan won 79 to 69. Go ahead, say nice. I right, know you guys want to. Um, first half, not so much. They played super fast. Creighton had 41 points. Michigan had 38. And Michigan was shooting the ball very, very well. So that was a bit of a concern. But Michigan slowed the pace towards the second half of the second half. And they held Creighton to, you know, 28 points. And that was huge. That was huge. Creighton didn't make a free throw. They were like 0 for 2. Uh, didn't really get into bad foul trouble, anything like that. Just a really nice mix of inside out, running when you could, slowed it down when you sh- when you should have. Just an overall, just really, r- really well prepared game, and I was really impressed. And um, and I'm really excited to see where this team goes and builds off of that. Uh, they have Elon next. Elon uh, is two and one. They lost to Georgia Tech. This is one of those games that should be like seventy to forty something, eighty something to forty or fifty something. Coming off of a big win like Creighton, this is going to tell us a lot about the character of this team and the coaching staff. Um, you got game rest, rest game, right? So you have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday game. So. There's no, there's no type of, what's the word? There's no honeymoon in basketball. Like you're right at it, very, very quick. So they have a 72-hour turnaround, and they'll be playing Elon. I believe it's at home. Um, 
should be an easier win, 25-30 point victory. Um, I'm counting on. I'll be highly worried if this if it's within 10-15 points. Um, but if it's if it's 30-35 points, they're in the right mindset. They understand what's in front of them, and they're and they're understanding the goals that are to be met moving forward. Um, Michigan State is is one and one. Um, before I really get into it, just a quick nod to Cassius Winston, man. Um, anybody out there who's blogging and tweeting and you know, you guys want to label all this stuff like Cassius Winston's brother or Michigan State star, you know, star's brother, but put respect on his name. His name is Zachary Winston. First and foremost, his name is Zachary Winston. That is very important. He's not someone's brother. Yes, he is, but at the same time, we need to give respect to him more than anything else. His name is Zachary Winston, so put respect on his name. Um, I've, you know, I put this out um, before, but just so you guys know, please be open with me. Uh, be open with me if you need an ear to just vent to or talk to i will i will more than make myself uh, available for you um if not myself there there are friends and there's family out there you may feel like you don't have anyone trust me there are people out there who care about you and if something were to happen to you they will be highly affected by that so just know that there is someone out there who cares about you including myself um if you don't want to utilize me, you don't want to utilize a close friend, a family member, please call the hotline. It's 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Please utilize that. I don't want you to harm harm yourself and think you're in this world alone, dealing with, with life alone. We've all got our own baggage. Um, you're not alone with that. And if and if you need to reach out to anyone, you know, I will open up to you. If you don't want to deal with me, there's others out there who will. Um, but Brendan Quinn tweeted that you know Cassius came out and he's going to um, he's going to plan the game. And right away, I thought about this Michael Jordan quote. Now this Michael Jordan quote, it was very, uh, what's the word? I knew the sentiment. I knew the meaning behind it. I knew bits and pieces of it, but I would not have been doing anyone justice if I had half-assed it and just kind of quoted him. So I had to look it up, and I found his quote. Um, the game of basketball has been everything to me, my place of refuge, place I've always gone where I needed comfort and peace. That is huge. That's huge. That's what I thought about as soon as – that tweet came out, and nobody would have blamed Cassius if he had sat out. Nobody would have blamed him if he didn't show up at, at all. Nobody would have blamed him if he suited up and then just didn't play. Nobody would have blamed him if he was in you know, a jumpsuit and didn't play. Nobody would have blamed him for whatever he chose. But for him to you know, make that decision and stick with it and go through it and still perform at a high level – uh, huge respect to him. Um, okay, so on Michigan State season itself, 
A close loss to, to Kentucky. Um, they lost because Joey Howell's not playing. <laughs> if we're going to be real. Um, Joey Hauser, I believe he's I, – I really think he's going to be eligible second semester. He's going to change the whole team. This team needs two things, a dependable shooter, one, and they need more depth in the backcourt or in the frontcourt of someone who knows what they're actually doing. Um, you know, Bingham, he's like 80 pounds. I, I don't think he's ready for those Kentucky, Kansas-like games. He's not ready for that. Um same thing with Kithier. Kithier is more of a robot, more dependable, because he's out there. He's going to do exactly what Izzo says. He's he's going to set screens, grab rebounds, make layups. He's like he's like a robot out there, high key. Um, but they needed they they need consistent shooting. They need shooting from people who don't need a high level of usage. What does that mean? Like Kenny Goins last year. And McQuaid last year, they didn't get a lot of touches, but when they were open, they were ready to shoot and they shot at a very good clip. And that's, and, and that's what Cassius needs because Michigan state needs the ball to go through Cassius. But at the same time, they need, he needs to be surrounded with guys who can still shoot at a high level without having the high usage to take the ball away from him. If that makes sense. Um, so that's what they need. Also with that game is Cassius has to be smarter. He cannot put Tom Izzo and the coaching staff in a pickle in late in the second half when they need Cassius on the court. But if Cassius has four fouls, two of those fouls are due to fouling a three-pointer. Another foul is from grabbing a jersey. Like, like these are fouls that he is worth more than. He is worth more to Michigan State than one possession. He is worth more to Michigan State than one three being made. He is worth better. He's he's worth more than one guard just happening to come off a screen. Just don't touch him. You know, you, you have to stay in the game. He put Izzo and that coaching staff in a pretty bad predicament because they had to choose between Am I going to have Rocket Watts be the backup point guard here while Cassius sits with four fouls? Or am I going to go with Cassius with with Foster Lawyer? Um, and they went with Watts. And, um, and yeah, he, you know, you just can't do that. Next up, they do have Seton Hall, though. Seton Hall is 2-0. Um this this will be the first high major team that Seton Hall faces this year, but they will not have their All American Miles Powell. He's a shot maker. He is. He reminds me of like um, how like Shabazz Napier was in college, or like how uh, Kemba Walker was in college, or like a like a Carson Edwards, a Trey Burke, a a point guard who can just go out there and just take over a game completely with his presence just by making the right play, making the big shot at the right time. He's he's the dude with the big cojones. Now, just because he's not playing doesn't mean that they have other guys. You know, they have McKnight, Roden, and, and Reynolds Jr. You know, those shots are going to go to 
to someone. Those are the uh, three names that uh, come to mind immediately. But uh, Michigan State's going to be on the road. They're going to be at the Prudential Center. I think it's what it's called. Uh, I think they still win by seven. I think they go 81 to, to uh, 74. I think Michigan State's going to want to play at a faster pace, especially with Miles Powell not being in the game. I don't think Michigan State thinks that Seton Hall has the guys to keep up with them. So them being on the road, um, them not having Miles Powell, I still think that Michigan State has kind of a close one, but they pull out and win 81 to 74. So humans have been shaving for thousands of years and the secret to a great shave really hasn't changed all that much. So Harry's focuses on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I've used Harry's a few times. My wife loves Harry's. I mean, she was thrilled when she heard that I was doing a, a Harry's ad. You know, she loves Harry's. Um, she just likes the easy glide, the flow, it's so smooth. Um, Harry's, you know, they really return to what's essential quality durable blades at a fair price just two dollars per blade um they've cut out the middleman and they have a german blade factory that's been honing precision blades for about a century now which means you get incredibly high quality blades at direct prices uh, harry's is also super convenient uh, blade refills are delivered directly to your door on a schedule with or without a subscription. And there's no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. <laughs> Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, had a long day at work, sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it, uh, the kids got me tired, um, we have to run around all day, just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With the real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED. That's erectile dysfunction for the ones who don't know what ED is. All from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate. Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. So the Big Ten is tripping right now. Like, they're tripping, tripping. Big Ten hoops is tripping, tripping, tripping. 
they have like 10 losses so far to eight or nine different conferences. Like it is unbelievable what's been happening. People say that these games don't matter. Are you kidding me? They do matter 100%. They matter. Now, right now, it's halftime. Ohio State, Villanova. Ohio State's beating the brakes off of Nova, 40-22. to 22, So we'll see what's uh, what's happening there. I have not been watching this, this uh, game, but uh, Villanova has a dude named uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl who's very, very good. Probably going to be a first-round draft pick at some point, uh, whether it's whether it's this year or whether it's next year. Um, very, very good, very, very solid. Um, but either way, either way, ten losses so far to eight or nine conferences. I mean, Northwestern out here losing to a a team whose first game as a division one school, they lose that game. You got Nebraska out here losing to UC Riverside and Southern Utah. Do you know what's in Southern Utah? You know, what's in Southern Utah, red rocks and sand. Doo-doo. Like who goes to school in Southern Utah? Like, are you kidding me? And then you're going to lose to Southern Utah? Come on, bruh. Come on, man. So, yeah, Northwestern out here losing to Mary Mac by 10 points. First year as a Division I school. They are 1-0 against D1s as a D1. How crazy is that? They got to pick it up. Because this hurts the SOS of the of the Big Ten. This hurts this hurts how the committee views the Big Ten too. If you look at the um, look at the tournament from last year, the Pac-12 got like two. They should have gotten two teams in, but the the winner of the Pac-12 tournament wasn't one of those two teams, so they got three. So that was really a two bid league. I'm not saying Big Ten's heading in that direction because the Pac-12 was really, really bad last year. But what I'm saying is that for the Big Ten to to do well, they have to they have to they need wins like this tonight. Ohio State they need to beat Villanova. Wisconsin right now is beating McNeese State by three points. That is not what the conference needs. McNeese State has lost to Louisiana Lafayette. They have one win on the year. They have two losses on the year. Those little games. And on top of that, it's not Michigan State's fault, but Kentucky went out and lost to Evansville. Evansville Aces out of Indiana. At home. That's going to have some type of impact on the Big Ten just because Kentucky just beat Michigan State. That Kentucky goes out and craps the bed against a team who won like 11 games last year. It's, it hurts, man. It really, really hurts. It hurts the SOS. Because that just, it kills, it kills the, it kills the conference. Teams need to, teams need to, to suck it up and win some big games. 
Ohio State is winning a, a big game right now. But if you look back, I mean, last night, Minnesota loses to Butler. Um, Iowa gets creamed by DePaul. Uh, Arizona creams Illinois. Southern Utah over Nebraska. Purdue loses to Texas. Minnesota again loses to Oklahoma. I mean, Mary Mack over Northwestern. And, you know, the, these things, you know, they don't need to happen. They really don't. So that's why I think it's going to be a four, maybe a five-bid league. Um, who those teams are, I don't know. I don't know. Unfortunately, I do not know who those who those teams will uh, be. But got about got about four more weeks. Got about four more weeks to really turn this around for the Big Ten. Just so when it comes to our conference, we're not shaking we're not shaking our knees because we're playing a pretty good team, but a team that's like eight and eight with losses to a bunch of mid majors and all these people. That'll sh that it's like a team that is way worse. How should I phrase this? A team whose metrics are terrible, but is actually really, really pretty good. Those are the dangerous teams. Like Penn State last year, metrics doo doo, but they but they were scary. They were that that was a scary, scary team. Illinois last year, towards the end there, scary, scary team. Metrics, doo-doo. That's what I'm talking about. Like, if there's a bunch of those in conference, they just ruin everything for everyone else. You know, they're gonna turn some of these five, six seeds who should be into seven or eight seeds. The difference between five and six and seven and eight is you get a better chance at the Sweet 16 than you do if you are a seven or an eight seed. Five, six seeds got to play three seeds who get upset sometimes by 14 seeds. Five, six is where you want to be. Five, six, and then higher. Four, three, two, one. One through six, you are you are in a nice you're in a nice place. You're in a really nice place. If you're in that seven, eight, nine, ten range, tough luck, buddy. I would much rather be an eleven than a seven. One hundred percent. I would much rather be an eleven than a seven. Shoot, I'd rather be a twelve than a seven. Honestly. 11 and 12 is better than 7, 8, 9, and 10. It shouldn't be like that, but that's just how it is. We got some football games coming up. We got Michigan versus Michigan State. The spread is about two touchdowns. I don't know how this is going to gonna, gonna uh, go, go, man. Michigan State always plays Michigan tough. Michigan's coming off of a bye week. Um... <clears throat> A lot of people are like, Michigan's going to cream Michigan State. It never happens like that. Like, it just doesn't happen. Then I'm looking at, okay, there was a bye week. Now now we're at the last four games of the year. This year has gone by so fast, man. Think about that. There's three regular season and a bowl left. 
That's it. That's it. We are 75% done of the regular season. It just felt like yesterday. We were like 13 days before opening season, five days before opening day. Now we're 75% in, and we still don't know how good we are. Like, <laughs> what? That's crazy to me, man. So, in our, so we have four games left. In Jim Harbaugh's last four games since he became since he's been at Michigan, his record is uh, he's won seven of sixteen games. That is forty three percent in his last four games. Yes, a lot of those is from Ohio State. I understand that it's that's a heck of a hill to climb. Then there's yes, there's bowl games too. Stop saying bowl games don't matter. Bowl games, just because it doesn't matter to you, doesn't mean it doesn't matter to the guys playing. Yes, guys are sitting out, but they're sitting out for their future. Those guys coming in behind them to fill their void, they are competing for their spot the next year. So stop saying it doesn't matter. It matters. And still, some seniors do play. So do you think they just don't care and they're out there suiting up? How about their teammates? who look up to these seniors, do they want to send them out on a high note? I mean, this year, let's be honest, bowl game, we're probably going to go in there nine and three. Nine and three for that bowl game. Maybe eight and four, because Indiana's pretty scary. I know their QB just got hurt, but at Indiana, Indiana has always been a tough out for Jim. It could be eight and four, who knows? But let's just let's just say best case scenario. I know it's gonna be ten and two, but we're not beating Ohio State. So best case scenario is probably like nine and three. And you have a chance to get to ten games, to get to get to ten wins. That's huge for the program. That's huge. That'll be four ten win seasons in his first five years. If that is your par, there was 10, 10, 8. 10-10, if that's what par is, Michigan's in a good spot. Is that where Michigan fans think that Michigan needs to be? No. Do we demand more? Most definitely. Would most schools want to have 10 win seasons four out of five years? Most definitely. Michigan's in a, Michigan is in a good spot. They just need to beat one team. Yes, there's other teams, but there's one team out there that has been a thorn in Michigan side, and that is Ohio State. You beat them, great things start to happen. If you beat Ohio State in 2016, if you beat them in 2018, Michigan goes to the Big Ten to the Big Ten Championship. It's one game in there, it's one team in their way. One team, one game. That's all it is. When are they going to get over that hump? Not this year. <laughs> not this year. Probably not next year either. Have you seen these recruiting classes, bro? <laughs> Don't even look at them. Don't even look at the recruiting classes because it's not getting prettier any further we, we go down. I don't know when our last window is going to be to win. Uh, Ryan Day has made Ohio State even better, which is not fair because Urban Meyer's teams were ridiculous. Ryan Day 
made the offense a little bit better and then made the defense into a freaking juggernaut. Like, what a jerk. Like, seriously. So Michigan, Michigan State, I think, I mean, Michigan State always comes ready to play this game. No matter where they are. Even their three and nine year, they came out, they were winning seven to zero. And they still had a chance in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, even last year, I mean, it was a one touchdown game in, until they hit Peoples Jones on that uh, route. And then they beat him with O'Corn throwing a million times in a hurricane. And then you guys know what the other one is. Trouble with the snap. They always, it's always a good game. They're always ready for this game. And then D'Antonio's already setting everything up, you know, saying how Harbaugh is a, a Hall of Fame coach and all this stuff. He's getting his guys ready. If you don't think they're not chopping at the bit to play this game, Michigan just lost. No, Michigan's just coming off of a bye. Michigan State loses. They were up like 25 or something against Illinois. Then they lose at home. Michigan State has nothing to lose on Saturday. Nothing to lose. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be close. I think Michigan State is going to make this look very interesting. And I will not be surprised if Michigan State wins that game. And you shouldn't be surprised either. Do not be surprised because this is always the game that they're ready to play. They're always ready for this. Always ready for this game. It does not matter what the records are. Michigan State is always ready for this game. Don't be surprised if it's closer than what you think it is. Michigan's been going to end up probably playing Florida again which is outrageous because they played Florida more times than some Big Ten West schools. Michigan State, win or lose, should be bowl eligible because they should beat both Maryland and Rutgers. And then they have a good shot at going about 7-5. and 7-5. Five. Five. If not, if they lose, then it's going to be 6-6. Six and six. And I'm not sure where which bowl that takes them to. Could be the Little Caesars in Detroit. I'm not sure, but Michigan is right on, right on, right on track to to play Florida again, and that's just stupid. Honestly, that's just that's just so dumb. So I did a pod before this, and I listened to it, and I'm like, this is trash. Like I didn't like it. Um. And I never listened to myself, but because this is my first time using this system, I was like, let me just take a quick peek and see what it sounds. sounds. It sounded, I didn't like it whatsoever. You guys deserve a lot better. So I deleted it, and this is my new one here. Okay, so I said to you know, send me about three. I was going to read off three, but I think um, – I'm going to do five, the first five. And you guys have a lot of questions. Unfortunately, I'm, I, can only do, I can only do five. So 
these are the five that I saw pretty much immediately. Uh, Kevin Kerbrat at Kevin Kerbrat asked, what are the biggest challenges for the Michigan players with the coaching staff changing? That's a really good question. Biggest challenges are what the coach expects. Um, a lot of times you kind of know what a coach is going to do or say, so you can mentally prepare yourself for it. Or if it's a play about to be ran, you could probably go through about two or three that they might call and they'll call out one of them. So you get it um, with this, like you saw it last night where, um, where Michigan was kind of looking at the, the coaching staff, like, where do I go? What do we do? What do you want to do? Um, as the season goes, that won't happen again. So I think it's just the chemistry between the coaching staff and the players. Cause just as much as the players are dealing, are changing with the coaching staff, the coaching staff has to change based on the players they currently have. Cause they're pretty much like, like each other's stepchildren almost. It's like, <laughs> like this, like the coaching staff, they inherited this group of kids, this group of kids, they're inheriting like these new parents per se. So it's, so they're both getting used to each other. Josh Morocco at Josh Morocco, some pretty easy uh, at names here. Um, will you be doing mixer for every Michigan game? Yes. I'm going to be on mixer for every Michigan game that I can stream. Uh, if it's on, if it's on like CBS, I'm not sure who they partner with, but either way, I'm going to try to still um, get that streamed for you guys. Um, it's going to be interesting when the, when the, um, when the battle for Atlantis kicks off because they may be playing during the day. I have my own schedule, so I'll see how I can work that out. But yes, I'm going to try to stream every Michigan game on there. And every single time, I'm trying to get better for you guys to make your experience a lot better too. Uh, Corn Romello, at R-E-M-K Abdullah. Yeah, that's way different than the other ones. Pros and cons of having both Simpson and DeJulius on the court at the same time. Also, views on Beeline season so far. Uh, let's start with the B-Lines first. So B-Lines had a really good season with, with the uh, Cavs. Almost too good. Um, I say that because the Cavs should be like a legit lottery team. But right now, I think the Cavs are like seventh seeding. It's super early. But they're like seventh for playoffs. Um, but I think he's like out kicking his coverage right now. Uh, doing a little bit too well which is not a bad thing, but the fans are like, hey, we're not terrible, but hey, we also need a draft pick. So um, so he's doing well so far. So it's okay. It's it's okay. Um, Wayne. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The pros and cons of Simpson and DeJulius. I will say a pro is you have two ball handlers on the court. So two guys who are point guards who can each run the team. And I think DeJulius does a really good job playing off the ball. Simpson, I think he's much better on the ball. 
Um, but they complement each other very, very well. The downside is you have two guys who are about six feet tall. The nice part about that is DeJulius is a little bit younger. Simpson can really play defense. If they both couldn't play defense, there would be a lot of issues, but they can set it up where DeJulius is playing the lesser scoring guard and the and Simpson can play the higher scoring guard, if that makes sense. Um, the other con is going to be their size. Uh, if they're if they're gonna play bigger guards um, who will get in the paint and post up, kind of like Saginaw Valley did, um, they'll need to be adjustments made whether they double from the from the ball passer, double from the opposite block, or double from the top of the key. They just got to make sure that they scramble out after that. All right, good question. Wayne, insane Wayne six seven seven one. Who do you think wins a Big Ten championship first, Howard or Harbaugh? I think. Who? I think Jawan Howard. I think Jawan Howard has a better shot, um, because Harbaugh is in a very tough predicament with just the way that the whole thing is set up. It's not favored for Harbaugh to do well. So you have Penn State and you have um, you have you know Penn State, you have Ohio State who's not slowing down anytime soon. You have to go through these two teams. Then Michigan State will always be right there, just nagging. Then you'll have an Indiana team that'll be up and down. And then whoever you get with your with your cross division games, you know who who knows where you'll be. And um, I just think Howard has a better opportunity because you can still lose two or three games and still win the Big Ten. Uh, Cassius is about to graduate from Michigan State. Um, so there's going to be – so and I just think that there's more opportunity on the basketball side. And if he can recruit at a high level in the Big Ten, like if you put like teams like Kentucky – Duke, North Carolina in the Big Ten, they, they, they're now like Ohio State in football. Like they may lose one or two, but I mean they're they're gonna pretty much win the conference every every year or every other year. So I think Howard has a shot at winning the Big Ten championship before Harbaugh does. It is no knock on Harbaugh. It's more so about. It's more so about you know how everything is set up. It's just not set up right now. Very, it's not set up fair either when it comes to football. All right, last one from Burke BRK one S. What NBA stars would have a tough time playing under Beeline in your opinion? What stars would translate the easiest to his coaching style? Um, tough time playing under Beeline, um, like LeBron. LeBron uh, would have a tough time playing under Beeline. It wouldn't be a tough time for him, but it would cause hell for John because John likes stuff ran his way. He likes his stuff ran a certain way, and LeBron likes things ran his way, and LeBron doesn't have any type of, I don't to say trust, but he has really no respect for coaches who never played basketball in the NBA, which is wild, which is kind of wild. Um, 
like as soon as things go south with their coach that they have they have now, that dude is out of there, and they're gonna get a coach that's played in the league before. Um, LeBron is kind of a coach on his own. He kind of like does his own thing, no matter what the coach says. Beeline that wouldn't fly at all. Uh, what stars would translate the easiest? Um, Carl Anthony Towns would translate well. Uh, Steph Curry would translate well. Klay Thompson would would uh, trans translate well. Um, any player that is Draymond Green would would uh, translate well. Any player that is like a Swiss Army knife can shoot the ball and do a lot of different things uh, without being super athletic and raw, like with like raw talent. Anyone like you know, um, anyone like that would just be perfect for. Beeline's coaching coaching style. So, good questions. I do appreciate that, you guys. So, I'm about to wrap it up here. Um, as you guys know, you download SeatGeek. My promo code is AntWright. Promo code AntWright on SeatGeek. You get $20 off of your first purchase. Um, you can see the, uh, see the link in the promo code if you go to my Twitter and um, and the link is right there for you guys. So I'm doing a lot right now. I'm trying to get content out to you guys as much as I can, as much as I can. Um, YouTube content, videos on Twitter content, um, trying to get, get you some like end game thoughts content when I'm on Mixer. Now I got the pod going in as well too. I have merch that's still in the works of coming out. So with the hat, I have my, as you know, my gold logo. I'm actually getting a secondary logo from a designer. So you guys are going to see that. They just sent me the final clippings. So y'all are about to see that soon. Um, it's pretty dope what I'm doing with uh, Zephyr and their hats. Um, yeah, man. So this is going to be dope. Shout out to Blue Wire once again for giving me this opportunity. I'm going to be podcast. So before I, I podcasted maybe once, maybe once a week, once every two weeks. For Blue Wire, I may be going like two, three times a week with like, with like whether it's recaps or emergencies or someone who's committed or anything like that. Uh, I'm gonna continue to put out as many things as possible. If you have any types of suggestions for me, please let me know. People from from Michigan State, please be more engaged with me so I kind of know where your thoughts are so I can do a better job. So these questions, they were all kind of towards Beeline and, and Michigan. I apologize, but whenever I like put something out there, please don't be bashful. Like, please ask me questions. Give me suggestions, tell me this or tell me that, and I'll be down for it. So thank you guys for holding tight. It's been over a month, but I am back at it, back on the mic, and this is going to be a lot of fun.